You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Who thought communion was powerful? I love communion. Just remembering and pondering on Christ. It's good. It's good. Who's got their Bibles here this morning? Analog? Show me all the analog Bibles. Yeah. Oh, the flickability is good. Oh, that's what I, I mean. If you get some, you know, if you're just used to the, uh, the digital and then someone's like, oh, just flick to here, you're in a whole world of pain. You're like, I don't want anyone to see that I'm in the content. You know, you, don't, you need to get your flicking skills happening. Um, but hey, it's going to be good morning. It's good to be here. And uh, we've, we've been in a big series, like a big overarching series called The Father's House for the last couple of months or something. And uh, it's been powerful. It's been great. I love the progression through the series. Uh, we're in like season three now. And uh, season three is called Bring. But the, the previous two uh, seasons that we've been in, I think the first one has just dropped out of my mind for a second. Belong. The first one was Belong. About the community, that we are the community of God that we are the people of God and that we belong together as a family. We belong in this community and that people that come into this place belong. That we are to be people that, that create a space and an atmosphere around us where people feel like they belong. Around, you know, they belong in this place. And I love that uh, we spoke about community. We spoke about belonging and being that kind of community. And then we spoke about build. Because when we're part of a community, we don't just belong. We, we like, we're part of a family. We build, like we, we help out. We do stuff. And it's not just to fill a role. It's not just to, do, like, to, 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 to check a list, but it's, it's to help people belong. You know, welcoming at the front isn't just, you know, oh, we need to welcome her. So, no, no, no. It's, uh, so when people come and they visit or just... Anyone here in this family, in this community come and we haven't had a great week, but there's someone at the front going, hey, good to see you. This is, it feels good. And it's about not just building something on a Sunday, but it's about building people. We're a community that belongs together. We're a community that builds together, that builds into people's lives. We're not just building a Sunday show. No, we're building into people's lives. And that includes V groups. That includes all kinds of things throughout the week. Our connect groups, dinners, inviting people around, connecting with people before and after the service. We're building into people's lives. This is what the Father's house is all about. And uh, this new... Season. We're in episode two, I think, uh, if, if that makes sense. Uh, but it is bring. We're talking about bring. And it is not just, I think our minds automatically, straight away, we go, yeah, yeah, I know. We've got to bring people to church. Go bring people to church. Yeah, bring people to church. But it's not just about bringing people to Sunday services. We're bringing people into this community. We're bringing people into this family. That could happen during the week in Vigris. We're, we're inviting and bringing people into this thing called the family of God. This, this community of like broken people who have messy lives. We're not the morally elite that go to church on a Sunday. No, we realise we're not the morally elite. And we invite people into this journey 
called church, we bring people in. We bring people on the journey. I love how Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. It's, it's just inviting people on the journey, inviting colleagues, inviting people into your life. And this morning, um, we're, we're going to talk about one particular passage in Scripture. And I'm not going to take long. We're going to draw just a couple of really practical things out of this passage, super practical. And, um, and then we're going to have some space and time at the end of the service just to respond to God, just to, to respond to Jesus this morning. But this morning we're preaching, or well, I'm preaching, we're not, I am preaching, out of uh, the book of John, John 4, the woman at the well. Now everyone's familiar with the woman at the well. Who's familiar with the woman at the well? With the story? It, I'd say it's one of my favourite, one of my favourite moments in Scripture. I mean, there's so many favourite moments, it's hard to say that, but it is one of my favourite moments in Scripture. And for a long time, I lo- I, for some reason, I just love pondering on this Scripture. I'd say for the last 10 years, I feel like I've been pondering in and out out of this Scripture, just thinking about it. And there is so much in it. And we're going to scratch the surface this morning. Uh, we're not going to we're not delving deep exegetically or anything like that. No, we're just going to pull out some practical things in it this morning. So let's turn to John 4. It's going to be up on the screen. I uh, spent a long time putting those scriptures on the slides. All of, not all of John 4, but I'm telling you, enjoy those slides. That's all I'm saying. Who's there? Cool. We're starting at the start, just in case you're like, what, what verse? See what? Starting at the start. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to walk through the story of the woman at the well. It's awesome. NIV, just in case you want to know. Who's there? Back in the youth days, people would yell out, you got it! Like, you know, it's competition. And uh, that's why you need to know the flickability. You need to have flickability skills. John 4, here we go. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. That in itself is a whole other message. So he left Judea. He left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, which he didn't really have to, but he did. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Near a plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph, and Joseph's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey. Isn't that crazy? God, tired. Fully man, fully God, tired from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. I just want to stop there for a sec. I just, pondering on this scripture, it just amazes me. Like Jesus was probably walking for like half a day. You know, he probably had some breakfast. I don't really know. Had some breakfast, had his bacon and egg muffin with a hash brown and what's that? Bacon and eggs. Well, no, he did not have any bacon. I'm sorry. Sausage and egg McMuffin. And he would have been traveling for like half a day. You know, like he's got a lot of time to think. I was just, oh no, that's just a, who has half a day to travel and just think about stuff? Jesus did. And it was about noon when he's sitting at the well. And when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, so he's already there. It's a bit creepy, but it's, it's cool. It's Jesus. Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town into town to buy some food. Like they've been walking for half a day. The disciples are like, what are you doing? Like you're going the long way. 
we're going to get some pies and Coke and have Smoko because we're hungry and we need energy for the rest of the day. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Bit of history there. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. I think, you know, living water, I'm thinking like long black. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking, you got no espresso machine. This is the kind of conversation that is happening here. I'm like, long black, there's going to like wake me up really good. Sweet, but where's your espresso machine? Where's your equipment? Where's your beans? You got none of, this is the conversation that's happening. She says, sir, the woman said, you've got nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw the water. It's a funny conversation. He told her, go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. Why you tricked me, Jesus? It's like power move. The fact is you've had five husbands and uh, the man you now have is not your husband. What you had said is quite true. Jesus tricking this woman. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you'll worship the Father neither on this mountain nor, uh, nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation comes from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and His worshippers must worship in the spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ. He's coming. And when He comes, He's going to explain everything to us. And Jesus declared, another power made by Jesus, I, the one speaking to you, I am He. Isn't that such a good story? I just wanted to read the whole thing just to get the to get the whole context, to get the whole, the whole bit happening there. And we're just this morning, we're going to draw out two practical keys or aspects in this picture that we can use to bring people into this journey. We can just practically bring people on the journey that we are on or bring people into this community, this life-giving community, whether it's V Group, Sunday services, whatever it might be, that you would bring people into your story and lead them ultimately and bring them to Jesus the one who saves, the Messiah, the Saviour of our soul, the one and only, there is no other. And so two practical keys this morning. One, point number one, if you've got pens and pads, which doesn't look like many people do, but write it down or mentally write it down, create space. Just create space. That's my point number one. And I've got a little story, and uh, you might have heard this story before. It's a bit of a... Um, one I like to share. It's kind of, I call it the, the fable of my non-face. Has anyone heard this story? Good, good. So I used to work in a big office uh, 
an architectural office, open plan, lots of people around. And we were always busy, like stressed out, too busy. We had too much work to do. And, and I would just be, I'll be head down into my work. And I just had no, I was so stressed. I had no time to talk to anyone. I had no time to kind of have small chit chat. You know how people like to come up and have a little chit chat and, uh, and they break your flow. You know, you get in your flow zone and people break your flow and you're like, I don't want people to break my flow. So you put headphones on and you get the biggest headphones you can find so that people get the point. But no, they'll come up and start talking to you. And uh, I like to get into my flow. And, uh, you know, I think people might think at lunchtime, Simo's a completely different guy because I was an angry kind of focused person. And I would like to think that I have a bit of a, like a non-face. Like I don't have any expression. Like my natural face is kind of like, I'm happy on the inside, but you really don't know if I just have my natural relaxed face on. You know, otherwise I'm like smiling hard and kind of getting cramps and things. And by the end of the day, I've got a tension headache from smiling. It's not my natural it's not my natural, right? And uh, so it's my non-face. And, uh, and when I'm working, and I was, where I was working, I had my desk. And there was lots of desks. But there was a big aisle down the middle of the office. And I was right on the edge of the aisle. And people would come from the back, go down, get some prints or coffees and things like that, and come back. So people are always going back and down the aisle. And so I'm, I'm an angry, focused guy. So I'm on the computer, like, thinking hard, angry face, like, mm, like doing these ones. And someone would come down in my peripherals, and they would distract me. And, uh, and I'd like look up like this, really angry at them, not change because I'm thinking about stuff and then just look back at my computer screen. And I realised I was doing this. I realised I had this angry face. And I, I mean, there was this one guy, you, you'd, uh, I tried to avoid this one guy because you'd ask him, the question, how are you, was an invitation to a 20 minute conversation. So I had to come to work early. But I realised I, I had this angry face. I was unapproachable. And this one story, I realised mid-conversation, I had my cranky face on. This is, this is the most awkward conversation I think I've ever had. And I'm talking, so I'm working along, my friend starts talking to me. Yep, I'm listening to him with my cranky face still intact. And halfway through, because I, I thought by this stage, I've got to practice smiling. I've got to practice getting better at smiling. Mid-conversation. I realised, that's right, I'm practising my smiling. i got to have a smiley, happy face when I'm talking to my co-workers. And then all of a sudden, I realised, yeah, i got to smile. And so my cranky face just turns into <laughs> the creepiest thing. He didn't say anything, but I watched him. He was, he, as I did it, he was like, like, like it's taken back, you know, like. But I was busy, I was stressed out, and there was no space for human interaction. There was like, there was no space in my mind, emotionally, just physically in time that I had to connect with the people around me. And I wonder, and I think that maybe in our modern lifestyles with all our technology and, and our phones that we want to pick out every two seconds, like I just checked my stats before the service. I'm up to like an hour a day on Instagram. That is so bad. I thought I was good. But we, I think we are very, we're distracted people in our modern society. We're very distracted, whether it's with the stress of the busyness of our life or it's the flinch of entertainment and instant gratification on our devices. You know, when you walk through the shops, I'm kind of like, I get out of my car and I'm like, what am I going to do between my car and Woolworths? 
Like the no man's lands. What am I going to think about? It's like a desert out there. I've got, to, I've got to get my phone out and like run into people on the way. But we have no space in our lives to connect with people. And we see in this passage, we see Jesus making space, intentional space in His world to connect with someone. We can't even start to talk about Jesus if we don't have any space in our world just to connect with people. So I'd like to, this is just a practical thing. Let's create space. Let's filter out the noise. We have so much noise in our head, entertainment, filling our brain, all this kind of stuff. Let's get good at clearing it out and being intentional. It might be early in the morning. We sit down and we say, Lord, I just want to be open and ready just to talk to someone today and not be in a rush, but just to look at them so that they know they're known. It might be the barista, the person you see every week, every day or twice a day. But when you look at someone and you say, how are you doing? And they know that it's like, I'm actually interested in how you're doing. That you start to create a space where God can begin to move. So practical, so real, where God can begin to just download something to encourage them. You, I like you such. You just bring joy into my life every day, bringing me this coffee. <laughs> it could be the most simple things. I, I, my, my barista, love him, known him for years, and he had some personal stuff going in on in his life. And I love to just talk. We talk about stress. We talk about anxiety. Talked about some uh, health issues in his family that are going on. I get into his life because I am intentional on creating space. So let's create space. Let's make room for God to move. Sometimes we're not distracted by our technology and things, but we're just distracted by the anxiety and the stress and the whirlwind and the chaos on the inside of us. And we need to bring it to Jesus. We need to clear that space out to connect with people. So that's my first point this morning. Create space. Just create room. Open up our lives to bring people in. If I could have the band up, point number two. That's early, isn't it? Gee. Point number two, Road to the Heart. I mean, it's the best title I could come up with, actually. Sounds very movie-like. Road to the Heart. Because the second thing that Jesus does, and I just think what we can pull from this story is that Jesus is incredibly intentional. He hears what the Father is saying, and He acts on it. He's living a life of intention to draw people into His world, But ultimately, in this passage, what Jesus is doing is He's trying to get to the heart of the matter. He's trying to get below the surface. He's he's trying to get deeper into the matter. And I'm not saying that we need to be creepy. I'm not saying that we need to like sit at the kitchenette at work and wait for people to walk in and start talking about their new shoes. And you go, how's your soul? Pun intended. I'm not saying be that creepy, but that we are intentional to start to build a relationship with people that goes beyond the surface level. And it's inconvenient. Jesus went out of His way. Jesus was tired. He missed out on the pies and coke. He was tired. He went out of His way. He was intentional. It didn't look good if someone saw Him talking to a Samaritan woman. His reputation was on the line. It inconvenient. 
It costs us something. It costs us energy, time, money. It costs these things that we hold so precious and dear to ourselves, but it costs us these things. To go deeper, the road to the heart costs us something. But this is the precise, the real reason that we're here on planet Earth is to bring the life of Christ, the hope of the world to people and to bring them into that. And I just think when we're talking to people, we don't have to be weird about this. We just have to talk about the thing that we love. People love to talk about the the thing that has most impacted their life, that has most impacted their heart. And I mean, Jesus has impacted me more than anything in this world has ever impacted me. I mean, it is the reason I get up every morning and I have hope and joy and I can bring things to Him if I don't have hope and joy. And I mean, if someone asks me about my journey in coffee, I would happily tell them all about my journey in coffee because I love coffee. I'd love to rattle off stories and talk about coffee and, uh, and smooth the edges of like maybe some misconceptions about coffee. My gateway coffee was Starbucks at Charlestown Square. I got like some mega caramel frappuccino lightning thing, right? Just, it's not a coffee, right? But it was my gateway. It got me in the door, right? This is my coffee. I'm sharing my coffee journey with you right now. I have many coffee disciples. But the road to the long black and the filter coffee with no milk and nothing to defile the goodness of the coffee took time, but I love sharing it. It started with the frappuccino. Then I graduated to the caramel latte at Glory Jeans with the caramel squiggle on top. I just needed to get some of that sweet stuff before I got to the coffee. Then I graduated to the hazelnut latte hazelnut latte. It's good, right? And then I graduated to the flat white, or I think I went from latte to flat white. And then Jess's cousin uh, from Wollongong was roasting his own coffee beans. And uh, he came, he was visiting for Christmas and he brought some coffee beans with him. And he, he had this thing called an AeroPress. Yeah, people know what the AeroPress is now, but it's a coffee making device. And uh, I remember he's like, oh, I, he's like, I got I gotta show you this. I've got to show you this coffee. I've got to show you, I've been roasting this and this new thing called an AeroPress, this was like six years ago. Um, he's like, I've got to show you this. And he makes me a black coffee. I'm like, oh, I'm not into black. I like my milk, you know, I like to smooth it out, a bit of sugar. He's like, no, 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 no. And he starts to talk me through it. He's like, look, go let it cool down to room temperature so that you, you get the flavour of the coffee. It's going to be chocolate. I'm like, all right, it's chocolate. It's chocolate notes, floral notes. He's saying all this stuff and he's so passionate and he's sharing with me his passion. And I'm, I'm invited into the journey of how passionate he is about this thing. And I have the coffee and I'm blown away. I'm like, I'm sold. I'm into filter coffee now. I love filter coffee. And, and, and he eased me into what it is about filter coffee. Started doing it at work, take my AeroPress. Next minute, everyone's got AeroPresses at work. We're at the kitchenette with our grinders, all grinding like, grinding away, <laughs> ready to make our coffees. Like I said, I went and I told everyone about filter coffee and AeroPress and I shared what I loved. And here, Jesus is just being intentional to go beneath the surface and share His heart, to get to her heart, to say, hey, there's no judgment here. I'm going to share my heart. Let's talk together. 
heart to heart and He was intentional. He was real. I love it. And I think we can all, there's all people in our life when we, where we can get to the heart of the matter with. We can go beneath the surface. We can share our heart, share our journey, just small things. Small things about our journey with Christ. Small testimonies. It's crazy. Someone got healed on the weekend. I mean, that might be a bit too fun to start off with. Start with something smaller like, man, I'm just feeling so much peace right now. Or they might see peace on your life. Or they might talk about anxiety or something. You can talk about the peace that you have found. Small things to bring people into this journey and this story of Christ. There's so much in this story that we can't unpack today. But when I read it, I can't help think. There's Jesus and there's the woman at the well. Jesus is inviting the woman at the well and we see that and we go, yeah, we've got to connect with people. Yeah, we've got to invite people. Yeah, we've got to talk to people, the, the broken people, the people that aren't at church and all this kind of stuff. But I wonder when I ponder on the Scripture, maybe, just maybe, we're not Jesus sometimes in this story. Maybe we are the woman at the well. Maybe Jesus is he's trying to bring us to Him. Maybe it's us sometimes that might not be flowing out of our life because we need to ask Him for a drink. We need to ask Jesus for living water. We, on our journey, we might have started to taste other things and find other things that might try and fulfill us and satisfy us and quench our soul. We love Jesus, but we've started to taste of other things. Just like this woman, she had five husbands. Maybe there's like multitudes of things in our life that we're relying on for peace, that we're relying on for security, that we're relying on for identity, status, all these kind of things. But maybe Jesus is saying, hey, let me be your number one. Let me be the one that gives you everything that you need. Maybe we're the woman at the well sometimes and we're thirsty and we're dry and we just need to ask, as He said to her, ask Him for a drink. And sometimes we're having a conversation with Jesus. It's like, Jesus, if you bless me with this, Jesus, if you give me this or sort out this circumstance, just like she's saying, where's the bucket? Where's the espresso machine? All this kind of stuff. Maybe the real conversation is a heart to heart with Jesus and just saying, God, I just, I just need you to just fill me again. Because that woman went and told her whole town. The whole town got saved because she received living water. And I'm, I'm, I want to create some space right now. I want to sort of stand because I think every single one of us need moments where we can come to Him. With our brokenness, with our dryness, with our cracks, with our issues, with our mess. And that's what I love about Jesus. He's not afraid to walk amongst our mess. He's not afraid to be invited into your mess. He's not scared. He wants to be invited into your mess. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.